James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Jesus replied, What do you wish for me to do? They answered him, Grant that in your glory we may sit one at your right and the other at your left. Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? They said to Jesus, we can. Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I am baptism, baptized, you will be baptized. But to sit at my right or my left is not mine to give, but it's for those for whom it has been prepared. When the other ten heard this, they became indignant at James and John. Jesus summoned them and said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great will be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you will be the slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. One of the ways that the gospel stories serve us well is that they present to us characters in the gospel. Disciples, Pharisees, people in need of healing. There are many, many characters in the gospels. And very often a gospel story presents a good model for us and a bad model. Someone that we want to emulate and imitate and, and someone that we want to to, to make sure we, we don't follow the same path as this one. For example, in the story of the prodigal son, we want to be like the prodigal son at the end of the story when, when the prodigal son turns around and comes back and asks the father for forgiveness. We want to imitate that prodigal son who's, who's uh, humble enough to come back and ask for forgiveness. And we don't want to be like the bad model of the elder son who is filled with resentment and anger and refuses to forgive his younger brother. Or take the, the parable of the, 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 the sower and the seed. The, the farmer goes out to sow the seed and some seed falls on, on rocky ground and the seed goes into the soil and starts to grow but then it, it, it dies right away and it doesn't produce anything. That's a bad model. It's a model of what we don't want to be. We don't want to be like the bad soil that doesn't absorb the seed and create great fruit. We want to be like the good soil, the soil that absorbs the seed and creates a hundredfold fruit. So here's my question. Here's my question. Are we supposed to 
imitate James and John in today's gospel? Are they a good model in today's gospel? Or are they a negative model, not want to be like James and John? It's easy to build an argument that they are in this moment a bad model, that they do not model. We want to do the opposite of what they're doing. They come up to Jesus and they say, do for us whatever we ask you to do for us. Well, that's quite bold, isn't it? And not very respectful of Christ. And then they say, we want to be at your, your right and at your left when you stand in glory. Well, you and I at this point, we're, we're sort of laughing at them ruefully because we know something that they don't know. When they're imagining Christ at the end, they imagine Christ sitting on a gold throne and they want to be at two smaller thrones on the right and on the left, but still gold. They want to be on those gold thrones next to Jesus. You and I are sort of laughing at them ruefully at this point. Why? Because we know what they don't know, that they asking to be at the right and the left of Jesus means that they're asking to be at the right and the left of a convicted uh, criminal, someone who's convicted of, of a crime who will be executed by the state. And so what they're asking is, is a wild and, and ridiculous request. Let us be with you in your execution. They don't know what they're asking. And then Jesus tells them that. He points it out to them. No, you don't understand what you're asking. You do not know what you're asking. Can you drink of the cup that I will drink? That's an expression in first century Israel. Can you drink of the cup? That, that expression means, can you, can you take on whatever God is asking you to do? It's your vocation, your calling. Can you drink of the cup that I will drink? Can you, can you go to the cross with me? And what do James and John answer at this point? We can. We can. Two words, we can. With great boldness, great confidence. And again, we sort of laugh at them because they don't know what they're really saying they can do. When I hear those two bold words before Jesus, we can, I think of another two words, I do, here at this altar. This is a wedding church, and I, I, I witness a lot of weddings here. And so again and again, almost every Friday or Saturday, I'm here at this spot, listening to two young people say, I do, I will, I can. We, we hear very often they choose as the first reading, 1 Corinthians, where, where Paul says that love endures all things and it bears all things. And you know, the institution of marriage began when, when people died around the age of 40. So they were committing to maybe a couple of decades, maybe 20 years or so. But now people keep living longer and longer. Just the other day, we were celebrating two couples that had, had, uh, been, had been married for 60 years and were, were going strong. And so I hear those words, love endures all things and bears all things. And I'm looking at these 20-something-year-olds these and saying, and I ask the question in the microphone, will you love and honor each other all the days of your life? Will you bear all things and... And, and endure all things for 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, maybe even 70 years. And they boldly say, I do. It sounds a lot like James and John. We can. 
It sounds a lot like me too when I was just 20 years old and professed my vows in the Society of Jesus. I promised perpetual poverty, chastity, and obedience. And I promised that I would spend my life in the society forever. I was 20 years old. Does anybody 20 years old really know what they're saying? Know what they're committing to? But I said it with this boldness. I had my own, I can, I will, I do. When a, a, a man is ordained in, in the ordination rite, they begin the ordination rite in the congregation with their parents and their, their names are called out and they stand up as part of the rite. They stand up and they say, present. And that word present is a, is a ritualistic way of committing to this life. They, they used to even, I wish we still did it, took one step and said present. It was called the step. I am present. I do. We can. These are bold words. And you and I know, stepping back from it, that, that number one, James and John don't even know what they're asking. They don't know how hard it's going to be at times. Number two, we know that their motives are mixed, don't we? They're, there's jockeying for glory. So their motives are mixed. And yet, and yet, if we ask James and John today in heaven, are you glad that you said we want to be by your side? They would say, oh, yes. They would say, we were ridiculously naive. We didn't know what we were saying and our motives were mixed, but we're so glad that we made that commitment. Everybody who's made it through to the end, everyone who's, who's managed to, to keep that commitment, as naive as they were, as, as mixed their motives were, everyone who's made it through to the end, they're so happy that they did. Those two couples who made it those 60 years, they're so happy. They're so happy that they made that naive statement, I will, I do. And for me, all those years ago when I stood up and said present, it was naive of me and my motives were mixed and it got a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. But I'm so glad, I'm so glad I made that commitment. And so we see that even though it's a naive statement, a, 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 a courage that they probably shouldn't have, the Lord blesses that statement. The Lord blesses that commitment. And let's see how it turned out. We want to be at your right and at your left. How did it turn out for John? That's him right there, right at the foot of the cross. That's the statue of John. He, he turned out to be right, right at the side of Jesus. It turns out he drank of the cup. He drank of the cup as hard as it was, as difficult as it was, as naive as he was and as mixed as his motives were. Mark's gospel tells us that they all ran, including John. So maybe, maybe he wasn't there every minute. Maybe he fled for a while, but he's there now. James isn't there. James fled. But guess what? We know from Acts of the Apostles that James was one of the very first to be martyred. And so they made it. It turns out when they said we can, 
they could. The truth is, those kinds of commitments are impossible. But last week we heard in the gospel, Jesus say, for humans, it's impossible. But for God, all things are possible. And so it turns out, James and John are are the models for us. They're good models. We want to ask Jesus what they asked Jesus. Place me by your side, Jesus. St. Ignatius asked that very thing. And God placed Jesus by his side. We want to be by the side of Jesus. We want to make that same request that James and John did. And when Jesus asked us to, can you drink of this cup? Will you drink of this cup? Even though we're naive, even though our motives are mixed, we should say, yes, we can. Knowing that with God, all things are possible. Some weeks, some days, God asks us to make this enormous commitment that changes the trajectory of our lives. Other weeks, maybe a smaller commitment, but still difficult, still a difficult cup to drink. So this week, this very week, each one of you, in one way or another, will be asked by Christ, will you drink of the cup that I am to drink? Will you make a commitment that will involve great sacrifice that you really can't do on your own, but with God's grace, you can handle it? And let your naivete rise up. Let your confidence in God's grace lead you to say, Yes, we can. I do. I am present.